Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, Talking CDI. The Actus Podcast is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and to Actus. Today's featured Actus solution is Imagine 2022 Actus Conference. Imagine the possibilities and join your CDI peers in Orlando, May 2nd through 5th of the year of this year at the Gaylord Palms Resort and Convention Center. You know, we're starting to reconnect here after, and I say after the pandemic, I know it's still going on, but um, we're, we're starting to see some positive signs that we may be on the downhill side of this. I think we all need a little magic in our lives, a little bit of connection. And so we're asking you to consider the Actus Conference this year. We ran a, a great program in October of this past year in Dallas, very safe event. It was a wonderful reunion and we've got even more in store for 2022. We've got a, some new wrinkles to the conference this year, a masterclass track with some sessions on interpersonal skills. Um, we've got an outpatient dedicated track. We're in a location with shuttle buses running to all the major Disney theme parks. Doesn't that sound kind of nice? Uh, so I hope you can join us in Orlando in May. Okay, so my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Integrity Specialists, and I'm, of course, your host for today's program, Emerging Role, CDI Informaticist. I'm joined today by my familiar co-host, Don Valdez. Uh, Don is a CDI Education Specialist for us here at Actus in Middleton, Mass. She serves as a full-time instructor for our boot camps, a subject matter expert, has a very rich background with more than 25 years experience in the healthcare industry, ICU nursing, legal nurse consulting, CDI clinical educator, and want to welcome her back to her first show with us of 2022. Welcome, Dawn. Thanks, Brian. Always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We have uh, two guests with us today, both from the same organization. We're welcoming uh, Trisha Ramey. Trisha is a clinical informaticist administrator with Ohio Health. Her background includes more than 30 years in information technology with 20 of those in healthcare. She's worked in various capacities in consulting, IT management, systems analysis, project management. She joined the Ohio Health CDI program seven years ago with a focus on supporting systems and users, analyzing and validating data, reporting department metrics, managing vendor relations, developing department and workflow solutions, IT liaison. I don't know how you have time to, to do all this in a, in a day job, Tricia, but we're going to find out a little bit more about it. Um, I want to welcome you to the program. Great to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. And we have also have with us today uh, Tanya Motzinger. Tanya is the system director of CDI, also for Ohio Health in Columbus. Um, she moved into CDI in 2011 and has grown the program there from 12 to 60 uh, team members, wow, across 10 facilities and multiple outpatient ambulatory sites. They've expanded in recent years to include daily reviews of all inpatient payers, HCC ambulatory, behavioral health as well. Uh, Tanya worked for 20 years in med surge, critical care, and emergency department, and I am thrilled to have her on the show today. So uh, welcome, Tanya. Thank you, Brian. Okay. Well, let's get started with a uh, poll question related to today's topic. Um, pull, go ahead and pull that up on the screen. You should be seeing it hitting your screens. And for those who aren't live with us today, we're asking 
uh, on today's program, does your CDI department have a dedicated informaticist? And your options are yes, uh, not yet, but maybe you're currently researching or hoping to add. If that's the case, maybe you'll get a few ideas today. Uh, no, don't know, or not applicable or other. And of course, we always like to see your other responses. So again, does your CDI department have a dedicated informaticist? And your options are yes, not yet, but maybe you're researching, hoping to add, maybe get a few ideas from today's show. No, don't know, or not applicable or other. All right, we've got about 80% of our audience have voted, so I'm going to go ahead uh, and close this out, and we will come back to the results in just a few minutes. Okay, as I mentioned, Tricia and Tanya are our special guests today from Ohio Health. Guys, welcome to the program. Um, maybe we could just start. I, I always like to do just give our audience context before we get into the meat of the topic. Specifically, you know, I, I was outlining a little bit, Tanya, the, the an overview of your CDI department. It's it's grown quite a bit over the years, both in terms of numbers of CDI professionals, but also in scope and coverage. So could you just give a little bit more context about what you guys are, are currently doing and, and sort of your general focus there? Yeah, so um, Ohio Health in general, uh, we have about 35,000 associates and we see about 163,000 hospital admissions. So that kind of gives you a little bit of context. We have an inpatient team and we do review all payer patients at 10 of our 12 hospitals. We do have some critical access hospitals that we currently don't review at. And currently we also review behavior health. We have sunset our reviews on OB and NICU patients. Um, and we also have an outpatient HCC team and we review encounters from about 400 of our PCPs. Um, right now we have about 50 team members um, and that also includes two managers, two educators, and our informatist administrator that we're here to talk about today. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, you have a really large program. It sounds like a really great one too, um, which kind of segues into what I'm curious about here with, you know, how did you first, I know you've got a lot of providers, you said you support 400 providers plus your inpatient side, behavioral health and all, your, all of that together. How did you identify the exact skills for you know what Trisha is doing in her role and also I'm curious about how did you set it up you know to get that position approved as an FTE a lot of people would want to know that because we do tend to struggle with getting our CDIs you know our positions for them mm -hmm. well in 2014-2015, Trish has been with us since 2015, uh, we were really starting to expand the program. Um, as well, we were bringing on new facilities. Um, we brought on um, multiple facilities actually, and we were changing EMRs. Mm -hmm. And then we were trying to navigate through our CDI workflow challenges and working through validating reports. So it was a lot of IT time. I had actually pulled one of my CDSs uh, that had previous IS experience uh, to try to help me navigate through this, but the IT tasks were really dominating a lot of our time. And that's when I realized I really need some help. 
And so my leadership team really wanted us to focus on building up the CDI team and, and improving our provider engagement. But because of all the time we were spending with the IT tasks, that was proving a little bit more difficult. So we started, uh, I think one of the key Don, keys, Don, was really tracking some of the time that we were spending mm -hmm. with all of the IT geared tasks. And that really helped us solidify the need for this position to senior leadership um, and what we wanted um, in the position. And I know Tricia will probably uh, expound on that, but her project management skill and her IT knowledge was really crucial and she's really advanced our program immeasurably um, and created a lot of efficiency and understanding that I really think someone only with an IT background could have done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense, Tanya, because of all the IT interfacing that we have. Every program is a little bit different, but okay. you know, we want the CDIs focused on their metrics and free them up, so that makes perfect sense. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Trisha, I was hoping you could maybe talk a little bit about, you know, the day-to-day -day responsibilities that you have. I was running through the laundry list here when I introduced you, but, um, you know, and, and also we, we just talked about the IT background being critical, but what, what, what skills do you think you need for this position? Um, and finally, to load up this question in the front, you know, <laughs> is, is this any, like, Obviously, with, with CDI, having a, a, a strong clinical foundation is, is really key to mm -hmm. the job, but is that something needed in this position? Maybe you could just kind of talk through that. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I'll start with, um, you know, my, my overall position and what um, my daily responsibilities are. <clears throat> and I'll preface that with saying that, you know, my position has grown over the years. Uh, as Tanya indicated, I joined in 2015, and um, you know, I, so so what? I've been with them for seven years, and it really has grown in responsibilities uh, in that CDI program over the years. But I would still say that that my foremost responsibility is supporting the CDI team, and this can be in the form of you know researching and reporting issues that they um, report to me or assisting them with other applications that we use within Ohio Health, um, especially if they cause disruptions in their workflow. Um, we, uh, an example of that could be we re recently transitioned from Jabber, uh, which is a Cisco product, to Microsoft Teams. And uh, I championed that transition for our department you know, pointing our users to educational resources, answering questions, or even providing additional education or clarification about the tool. Um, I think in the background um, was where I do most of my work and um, that adds to the support of CDI, uh, working with the vendors uh, and our own IS team. Uh, on enhancements, uh, testing for upgrades, um, or working to resolve issues with them. Um, I also do a lot of data validation and uh, integration uh, from our EMR system to our uh, CDI tools, making sure that there's no misunderstanding of what uh, data is being measured. 
um, or seeking to resolve issues that we find uh, in the data. And then just uh, creating new or streamlining, streamlining workflows for our CDI program. And that could be something like recently, we just went with a new vendor uh, for our CDI tool. And um, we, after we became experts on using the tool, we expanded view of, you know, reviewing discharge patient reviews. So what that, so defining that workflow for reviewing discharge patients uh, streamlining second level review workflow, also working with our coding team to make sure that there's a common understanding in the use of uh, the tool and how we collaborate. And then um, I probably would also include creating, I create a lot of uh, like tip sheets and guides and educational documents um, to memorialize our workflow for our team. And then, you know, I'll also include, I perform a lot of data analysis. Um, we distribute monthly scorecard metrics in association with our CDI program. And our scorecard measures at the facility and the system level um, for chart reviews per day, coverage rates, query rates, provider responses, and agreed rates, so all those types of uh, measures that CDI programs do uh, monitor for their performance. And then, uh, so I create all of those uh, scorecards on a monthly basis. And then our CDSs also receive individual scorecards for their monthly performance. And then um, there's always a need for data. Mm -hmm. um, there's always a need for data, whether we're looking at uh, another endeavor or we just need to look closely at something that just doesn't feel right, um, or we need data to justify new positions or uh, further analysis for improvement, as I said. Yeah. And then, and, and we do, and we do look historically. So we go back historically and compare data, uh, looking for trends. Uh, so I do do a lot of that analysis and trend analysis um, in order to, um, either support, you know, our CDI leadership team with their needs or, um, you know, it may be a board presentation um, that uh, shows our performance. Um, so, um, you know, we, we've done a lot of data analysis in um, capture rates, focus ERG analysis, uh, GMLOS versus the length of stay, and a lot of those are tied to other business initiatives throughout Ohio Health. Wow. That's and excellent. then yeah. being that, you know, being that um, for I between the CDI department and IS, I think that uh, it helps because I can interpret that IS jargon. Um, for greater understanding uh, for our leadership. And then I also look at upcoming upgrades to our EMR and decipher, you know, what is the impact to our CDI workflow with this upgrade? So it, it's, it's a lot. Um, it's very interesting and uh, I, I really enjoy it. You asked about skills and 
I definitely believe that IS experience in supporting systems, um, integrating systems, uh, you know, like the EMR to your CDI tool, interfacing those systems, performing data analysis are really key components of the skill set needed to do this job. Um, I'll also tap on some database and programming experience is quite helpful because I have gotten back into my uh, uh, database programming uh, since I've come to this department. And then I do think that my uh, project management in implementing new systems and developing test scenarios, tracking issues, and keeping, keeping vendors or IS on track has really helped a lot. And yeah. uh, a final note, I think that, um, you know, helping with change management, uh, developing cutover and transition plans, and then communication is always key. Uh, so I do help develop uh, communication needs. And then lastly, I think the best skill is patience and adaptability, especially with working with nurses. Uh, they're quite different than my uh, IT uh, comrades that I used to work for. So, uh, it, you know, working with nurses requires a little bit more patience from my point of view. Yeah, I think I would agree with that last point. <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> Let's be nice now. <laughs> well, I'm certainly, you definitely yeah. have my attention. You definitely got my attention with all of that because I would have given my right arm to have you when I was in management myself over CDI programs. <laughs> and I just see the value for the CDIs. I see the value for the department. And for all of our listeners out there, both in leadership and, you know, the CDI specialists that are listening, you know, I'm really wanting to know how do you actualize the impact, the tangible impact of the role? I, I can come to that conclusion on my own, but I want to hear like the formalized process and what your results have been from having this so other people can glean from this. Okay. So um, when I first came to CDI, I remember that there was a lot of distrust in the data. Um, and, you know, there was no way uh, for anybody to go in and really validate that data. So I took it on to say, I'm going to validate this data, uh, you know, uh, that we use for our metrics and make sure that what we're reporting is truly what we're doing in CDI. So I think that we gained a lot of trust in um, in the data uh, because of that validate, data validation. And and I will say I did find you know a couple little idiosyncrasies about the data that we did clear up with our vendor. But I think that that trust is immense in making sure that when you're reporting metrics such as CDI, that uh, you trust that data that you are uh, bringing. And then. Um, you know, gathering meaningful data, um, I think, is really uh, utmost important in my position. It, it provides um, the leadership the ability to drive decisions. And then um, efficiencies. You know, we've created a lot of efficiencies in our applications and workflows. Um, we, we're on our second CDI tool now. And um, you know, we we just don't we just don't always just accept the workflow that the vendor hands us. Uh, so we really work with those vendors to streamline 
our uh, workflows and the application tool. And I think having that, you know, that IS person to say this is doable really, really helps with those vendors getting on board with making changes and uh, customizations or even just improvements to their own workflows. Absolutely. Yeah, I can definitely see the value of that, especially with you helping with provider education tip cards and just streamlining, especially the more CDIs you have, the more congruency you need in the reporting. So thank you for that answer. I appreciate yeah. that. Any final closing thoughts, Tanya or Tricia, just about uh, this position and its value for the CDI Department of tomorrow, um, today actually, but but where we need to be heading, and you know we're we're so closely aligned now with with the vendor community and the tools that we need to use to do their jobs, and data is more important than ever. So this seems like, you know, budget aside, and that's a that's a big that's a big aside uh, that this type of position should be part of the CDI department of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, this is Trish, I'll go first, and then Tanya um, can add to it. I, I think this role has brought a lot of meeting to the CDI world and bringing solutions to the table that others may not think possible. And I think that a lot of it stems from my IT background. I've certainly freed up the CDI management to focus on their CDI needs and to be able to create meaningful data that they can use in their development of the CDI program. And I think that this position enables tremendous growth and respect of the CDI program. And then just finally, um, you know, just being able to help with justification of new hires or expansion to other payer groups that we've done. Uh, taking on additional facilities or even looking at those next step tools and how we could use those in our program really helps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, really impressive um, position, Tricia, you've outlined here and a compelling future for, uh, compelling vision for the future of CDI you outlined as well. Absolutely. My, ta my takeaway is Tanya needs to get you some help. So I'm, I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put you on the spot. I couldn't have done it without the without the wonderful program that I I've been working in, and uh, working with Tanya and uh, the CDSs that I work with every day. All right. Well, let's take a look uh, back at our poll results. So again, today we asked our audience, "Does your CDI department have a dedicated informaticist?" So majority, 68% say no. Um, realizing now mm -hmm. I probably should have asked like maybe a part-time or su informaticist support, but certainly dedicated is majority no. 13% do say yes, 14% uh, don't know, uh, and 3% are not yet, but researching and hoping to add with 2% other. So any um, any takeaways from this, Tricia and or Tanya, about the poll results? I do, I will uh, say that um, I actually uh, added Trisha prior to even, as we are expanding our program to our man, prior to adding managers, prior to developing the educator role, I would say that this um, is one of the most influential roles that a CDI, an expanding CDI department can have, just 
from the breadth of impact that um, Trisha's made on our department. That's so I, I would, um, for all of those no's, I would um, try to make it a goal in the next couple of years to at least um, try to expand to somebody uh, having a role like this in your department. Right. Let's turn some more of those no's into yeses. Yes. The possibilities <laughs> are endless. You guys are pioneering this whole this whole thing. You guys are really out there, and it sounds really great. It does. We thank you. Um, got a, we're getting closer to the top of the hour, but wanted to share uh, this latest news item in our in the news segment. So this is a regular segment featuring the latest re, latest industry updates and news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Well, it's a new year, and of the uh, unfortunately, the OIG audits of Medicare Advantage keep rolling with probably predictable results for anyone who's a regular listener of the show. We've been seeing a lot of these audit reports uh, of Medicare Advantage and compliance, and uh, they have a similar refrain. Um, this one just came out on January 5th. It was a audit of specific diagnosis codes that Health First Health Plan Incorporated submitted to CMS. As always, we will include a link to um, this story. There's it's lengthy here, and and what I like about these OIG reports, they they give you the complete report, so you can read in detail the diagnosis codes they looked at. You can you can read the Medicare Advantage contractor response in full. Uh, they give you the the full Monty here in these reports. Um, but essentially, you know, we 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 know that. CMS relies on Medicare Advantage organizations to collect diagnosis codes from their providers, submit them to CMS. Uh, OIG believes that these are at higher risk for being miscoded, which can result in overpayments. Um, they looked at a, uh, this, this Medicare organization, Health First Health Plan. They sampled 240 unique enrollee years. You know, this data is collected over 12 um, 12 month window with the high risk diagnosis codes for which they received higher payments. This was in uh, data collected from 2015 to 2016. The scope of the audit was $778,928 in, in um, submitted uh, codes. And out of that amount, gosh, they, they, they were, the OIG is stating that um, Net overpayments were 516,000 of that 787,000 because these codes were not supported according to the OIG and the medical records. Um, you know, and they what the OIG also does is they extrapolate that amount. So that's really where we see the, the higher amount hit. You know, they they estimated that Health First Health First received at least 5.2 million dollars in net overpayments if they take that sample and extrapolate it to the full. Um, scope of submissions. So OIG makes recommendations to CMS. They recommended that uh, that Health First refund the 5.2 million, and they're also basically telling them to um, self-audit for more potential instances and refund any additional overpayments to the federal government. Uh, as has been a pattern, you know, Health First objected to these OIG recommendations, they did say they would refund the 560K, but they they rejected the extrapolation methodology. And um, they also were objecting on grounds of a principle called actuarial equivalence. You know, it's, it's 
really too complicated to explain in a brief time here. I would recommend you check out the report uh, and read that in full to, to hear about um, some of the objections to this audit. So again, another year, another another audit. Just curious what you th thought of this, Tanya, Tricia, you know, your, your take on these aggressive audits that we're seeing really of HCCs. I know that, um, you know, these seem to be targeted right now at Medicare Advantage organizations, but that that can now include many large healthcare systems and, and certainly, uh, you know, could point the finger towards some vulnerability in CDI departments. So any thoughts on this uh, news story? You know, Brian, I really found this concerning um, and thinking in the future uh, is going to really impact um, a lot of our outpatient HCC programs and how we're directing um, provider notifications or queries, et cetera, to our providers and ensuring that they're able to capture really accurate documentation. And I won't be surprised if we see more audits like this. Um, we just want to make sure that uh, when we're putting suggestions in front of our providers that it is correct. Um, and in light of the paper that I know Actis and Ahima released last month, um, that some of these automated notifications are actually a query, I wonder if that might be a tool that could be used if they're not accurate and compliant as well by auditors. Right. Yeah, we were just chatting about that before the show, Tanya, and that, sure. that is an interesting angle that I have not seen yet, um, you know, vendor accountability for some of this, but we don't know what the future will hold. Um, it's, just a, it's just a good reminder to have an eye on compliance here. All right. Um, this, brief. this is Tricia. Um, oh, I'll just interject that, you know, there are a lot of AI tools coming out uh, to help with HCC capture. And um, I just want to remind people that, you know, those ART, uh, we do use those AI tools and they're not perfect. So I would encourage clients considering those tools to really perform data validation of their results and discuss their performance with actual client users. Mm. Great point, Tricia. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. All right. Well, just briefly, a uh, brief Actus update today. If you haven't seen it, um, our January, February 22 edition of the CDI Journal is out. Um, we, Our first journal of the year, we like to really reset and get focused on the things that matter. So our theme is Rewinding in the new year, back CDI back to basics. So we've got articles in here on um, what CDI hiring managers are looking for, record review uh, basics, choosing a vendor, KPIs, really the bread and butter of the profession is available to you in this uh, rich edition of the journal. It's about 50 pages. We've got also the, our recent brief that you just alluded to. Tanya uh, reprinted in here, the Actus Ahima compliant CDI technology standards. So take a look at the CDI journal if you're an Actus member that is available to you now. Okay, that is gonna do it for today's edition of the Actus uh, podcast, Talking CDI. For those joining us live, we'll see you back here again in two weeks on Wednesday, February 2nd for our next show. With this, How's this for a compelling show title? CDI, will it ever be in medical school? Question mark. What do you guys think? I don't know. I would love it. I would love it to be there. <laughs> I hope so.
And we have, yeah. a, we have a physician on next week, uh, two weeks from now, who's gonna be asking that very question. So um, <laughs> we hope you can listen to the show. Uh, as a reminder, this, if you were listening via our podcast uh, feed, that's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Of course, we welcome you live here again in two weeks, but that is available to you. Um, I love getting show ideas. So to do that, it's very easy. Just email me at bmurphy at actus.org and I will try to work those in. But again, thanks for the, the, the two ladies today from Ohio Health, Trisha and Tanya. Awesome job, really compelling, again, vision of this, of this new emerging title for the CDI profession. And uh, thanks for sharing your story. For everyone else, see you back here again in two weeks. Take care, everyone.